Greetings to you in Jesus' precious name. Welcome this morning to this wonderful worship service. I'm sure that God is with you and God is blessing you and leading you in every way. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful to you because God is such a good God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm excited for what God is doing in your life and we are praying for you and we love you very much. We quickly go on to the word of God this morning. Shall we turn our Bibles to Hosea chapter 3 and verses 4 and 5. Hosea chapter 3 verses 4 and 5. For the Israelites will live many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred stones, without ephod or household gods. Afterward, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord and to his blessings in the last days. They will come trembling to the Lord and to his blessings in the last days. This morning, we're going to be talking about how God wants us to come back to him and to his blessings. God wants us to come back to him and to his blessings. So I would like to title this morning's message as back to God and his blessings. That is God's desire for us. And that's God's desire. That was God's desire for the people of Israel. As he speaks through this prophet Hosea. About 600, 700 years before Christ. During the time of the Assyrian siege and while the Assyrians came and took the people of Israel as exile, uh, into exile and they uh, took most of the population, Hosea was during this time speaking, prophesying, preaching to the people of Israel. We've been looking at uh, the books of the prophets of late and I think it is uh, uh, in some way inspired by the Spirit of God where God wants us to go back to the ancient prophets and to learn the heart and the mind of God. God wants us to come in alignment to what he expects from us. And so going back to God, going back to his blessings is something that God desires for us. And that's something that comes through very clearly and strongly through the prophecy of Hosea. And Hosea has been prophesying and ministering through, uh, he has seen the lives of, probably lived through about six of the kings of Judah. And um, living through the times of these kings, it is no coincidence that these kings uh, have been uh, so much displeasing to God that God has raised up a man like Hosea. And this is a very unique book. Sometimes prophets live a very different lifestyle. Uh, they, the things that God wants them to do is also very, very uh, interesting, very different and something sometimes that common people like you and I cannot comprehend. And uh, God actually tells Hosea, the prophet, to go and marry an adulterous woman and actually live with her, a promiscuous woman and live with her and to have children. And then she leaves as she is adulterous. She's going away to other men. And then he go, comes back and tells uh, Hosea to take her back and love her back. And uh, this is something that represents how God is dealing with the people of Israel. And if you come down to chapter 4 and verse number 6. As God is calling people back to him and to his blessings. God is really disappointed with the people and he says my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge I also reject you as my priest because you have ignored the law of your God I also will ignore your children this is what has been done by the people of Israel they've ignored God they have ignored the law of the Lord and uh, because they have lacked understanding of what God is expecting, understanding of what God is speaking, and uh, they have lacked the seriousness of what um, their life is taking them into and the dangers of their sin because they have not understood and they have not grasped these things and do not have right knowledge of these things. Even though God has been sending the prophets to them 
and because they have not paid attention and heeded and understood these things god is saying my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge this is not talking about cognitive uh, intellectual uh, knowledge but this is talking about uh, the application of the word of god the knowledge the wisdom to understand the times to understand god's heart that is something that they have lacked we may have all the knowledge and the understanding and the learnings and the wisdom of this world but if we lack the knowledge of god and knowledge of uh, knowing him personally and walking in a relationship with him all our knowledge is emptiness only and god is saying because you have lacked knowledge i also reject you as my priest because you have ignored the law of god i will also ignore your children they do not understand the consequence of what they are doing that when they reject god and when they displease god god is saying i will reject your children you know this is a thing that we ought to realize as well sometimes so we could be going about our day to day work and business and we could be ignoring god ignoring the law of god it is not that we are deliberately doing that it is not that we hate god it is not that we do not want to worship him it is not that our lives are uh, you know have completely backslidden and that we have renounced christ and renounced the faith but sometimes we just ignore ignore god ignore the knowledge of god ignore the law of the lord ignore the teachings that are coming to us and we do not take them to heart and we do not apply them and if we continually do that god is saying this is going to affect the next generation sometimes our actions can have you know direct implications and consequences on our next generation and the generations to follow we see that repeatedly happening in the uh, in the scriptures and so god is calling uh, the people of israel to understand his heart and what he expects from them in hosea chapter 14 and verse 9 towards the conclusion of this uh, uh, book of hosea the prophecy he says in verse 9 of chapter 14 who is wise let them realize these things who is discerning let them understand the ways of the lord are right the righteous walk in them but the rebellious stumble in them god is saying who is wise who is discerning he's looking for those who will understand those who will realize those who will be wise to take the right decision based on knowing learning what god is expecting from them and so this morning my prayer for you is that you will grasp the mind of god you will grasp the heart of god you will understand you will be wise to take the right decision you will come to a realization in your heart this morning that is my prayer and desire as we go through the prophecy of isaiah hosea you know from hosea onwards the 12 next following uh, the books uh, uh, the prophetic books are normally addressed as the minor prophets it does not mean that they are minor in any way in terms of their message or their stature or what god called them to do or what message they proclaim to the people it is addressed as normally addressed as or uh, uh, called as minor prophets by scholars because of the size of the books um and uh, uh, not because of anything else and the preceding prophetic books of isaiah jeremiah and ezekiel and daniel are normally addressed as the major prophets but the message is no way minor or their stature in ministry is in no way minor just that their size was small and sometimes we begin to underestimate people underestimate servants of god underestimate uh, ministry or underestimate things of god based on its size you know and th- that's something dangerous that could become a hindrance for listening to the voice of god and obeying what god is speaking to us you know there is n- there is a message that god is speaking to us there is something that god wants us to do something that god wants us to realize something that god is drawing our attention to and if he's doing that it's important that we are careful to respond to that else our generations to come could be affected if we do not pay attention to it if we turn a blind eye if we just ignore it and i think there's something that god is speaking to us repeatedly about calling us back to him calling us back to his blessings and that's what god wants to speak to us this morning and so we quickly go to uh, chapter 1 and let's look through this and um 
uh, in chapter 1 and verse number 2, God is speaking and he's saying, firstly, to come back to God, he says this. Um, uh, he's calling us to see the symbolic prophetic acts, the symbolic prophetic acts that he is doing. And this is how God spoke to the people of Israel through a symbolic prophetic act which he called prophet Hosea to do. And this symbolic prophetic act is something that we ought to see. And, uh, and by seeing that and recognizing we need to learn to identify such signs in our life as well. Hosea chapter 1 and verse 2, as we unpack this, you will understand more. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her, for like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the first thing that he began, when he began to speak itself, he says, go marry a promiscuous woman, an adulteress, a woman who is immoral, a woman who is, you know, prone to uh, sexual immorality. And he says, go and marry her and have children with her for like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. And then he uh, after uh, asking him to do that and through that speaking to the people of Israel through his life and through this prophetic symbolic act that God called him to do in chapter 3 and verse 1 the Lord said to me go show your love to your wife now after a period of time after she married had children and went away to other men he says now go show your love to your wife chapter 3 and verse 1 go and show love to your wife again though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisins, raisin cakes. You see, people of Israel have turned to other gods and they have they begun to love the feasts, the festivals that uh, are celebrated to worship uh, and honor other gods and goddesses. And so God is telling now, go, but now Hosea, you married an adulterous woman and she has left you and she has gone to other men. But now go and show your love to your wife once again. Though she is loved by another woman, man and is an adulteress, love her as the Lord loves the Israelites. Isn't it you know, heartbreaking to see how God is taking Hosea and his life through a very hard path and that becomes a prophetic symbolic act for the whole nation of Israel. This is something that you and I cannot comprehend. Sometimes people may ask the question, oh, is not you know, living with an adulterous woman you know, a sin? Yes, it is. But there are always exceptions to the law, exceptions to the norm, where for certain purpose God permits a man. Now, God is not asking Hosea to commit adultery, but God is allowing Hosea and calling Hosea to such a life where life, Hosea is living a pure life. Hosea is a, pro, Hosea is a prophet. Hosea is someone to whom God is speaking. And he is using him to correct people of his, the people of Israel. But you need to recognize that there is a symbolic prophetic act which God has allowed, called Hosea to do, which is a painful life. Just imagine the pain, the suffering, the shame uh, and the way he, Hosea himself would have been treated and the way his family, his children, the stigma, the trauma and all of that they, they have been uh, put through by God. But God, you know, does such an act. Uh, he goes to an extreme to do this, to show how much he loves the people of Israel and how grave their sin is. How much he loves the people of Israel and how grave their sin is. They think... Uh, they, they, the thing is, uh, as you go through the prophecy of Hosea and ma many of the prophetic books, the interesting thing is they've still been also sacrificing uh, to the Lord. They have also continuously been calling upon the name of the Lord and saying, Lord, heal us. Lord, deliver us. They've been praying. They've been seeking God. But yet their lives, in their hearts, uh, they've turned to other gods. In their hearts, they've ignored the law of God. In their hearts, they don't have a genuine, honest, uh, uh, honorable relationship with God. It's not a dynamic, growing relationship with God. And that is what God is so disturbed and upset about. Because he loved them so much and he called them to be a light to the Gentiles, but now that they have lost that calling, they have lost their purpose. You know, sometimes when God 
has called us for a purpose and God wants to use us in a certain way but while we are not paying attention to the voice of God we are not paying attention to the law the teachings of God we are, we are ignoring the word of God we are ignoring God's voice we are ignoring God's leading and sometimes what happens is because of our own uh, uh, desires and what we magnify in our eyes sometimes we can lose the purpose of God sometimes we exalt certain things exalt people's opinions about us exalt uh, uh, things that we want to do and achieve and prove in this world and show you know or we we want to satisfy with what we want for us you know through many of these things we can be blind to the things that god wants us to and do and discern you know how god wants us to live we could be losing our discernment we could be losing our knowledge of god we could be losing our true intimacy with god and uh, yet still be calling upon the lord yet still be offering sacrifices and so this is what happens you know god is telling uh, hosea and through hosea's life and through this dramatic thing that he wants hosea to do by making him to do a symbolic prophetic act god is calling the people of israel and speaking a message to israel through his life and i there are three things that i find in this uh, you know when god is uh, uh, calling hosea with the symbolic prophetic act of going and marrying uh, adulterous woman and having children and then after she leaves and with living with another man to go back and love her and to take her back and through that show god's love and how grave the sin was three things i find here you we need to to identify these symbolic prophetic acts we need to understand that there could be unprecedented acts of god unprecedented things that have never happened before such a thing has never happened before god has never called a prophet then to go marry a promiscuous woman an unprecedented act of god is a way you can identify symbolic prophetic acts how do you understand how do you process how do you identify how do you learn to identify such signs such symbolic prophetic acts when you see unprecedented acts of god secondly when there are unexplainable paradoxes unexplainable paradoxes so on one side god is a holy god but on the other side god is calling hosea to go and marry a promiscuous woman this is an unexplainable paradox you know is god calling people to sin no god is not calling people to sin does god love sinners yes he loves sinners but is god calling people to go and marry adulterous people is that the prescription no that's not a prescription it's just a description here but that's not a norm that god wants us to follow and so sometimes you will find an unexplainable paradox seemingly contradictory but there is a message there is a purpose there is a divine plan uh, and order behind that so firstly to understand symbolic prophetic acts there's you need to under you you will be able to identify symbolic prophetic acts when you see unprecedented acts of god secondly unexplainable paradoxes what seemingly seem to be contradictory and difficult to explain thirdly unqualified accepted when the unqualified are accepted this is a result of the symbolic prophetic act where those who do not qualify to be loved don't do not qualify to be accepted do not qualify to be forgiven do not deserve forgiveness do not deserve god's love they do not deserve god's acceptance the unqualified are accepted there is some good purpose through all of that through god symbolic prophetic acts and these are three ways you can learn you learn to identify such prophetic acts as i see in this passage unprecedented acts of god unexplainable paradoxes that happen and then there are unqualified the unqualified are accepted in that whole process these are symbolic prophetic acts of god learn to identify such signs then you will know that there is something that god is doing something that god is showing you you know drawing our attention to through which god wants to draw us back to him and to his blessings let me give you a quick example to understand you might be saying oh it's too conceptual i'm not able to understand quick example if you uh, turn to john's gospel chapter 8 we are not going to read the passage i'll describe the story to you and you will understand john chapter 8 the first 10 verses talk about how there was a woman caught in the act of adultery was brought by the pharisees to jesus and they come and pronounce a verdict by using the law of moses and says uh, jesus uh, you are a teacher you know the law of moses says anyone who is uh, 
anyone who is caught in the act of adultery must be stoned to death. What do you have to say now? They pronounce the verdict and they are asking a question. Basically they are using this woman as a pawn to trap Jesus. And you know what Jesus does? He looks down on the ground and he starts writing. We don't know what he actually wrote. And then he says, he who is without sin, let him be the first to cast a stone. Now Jesus did not say that the law of Moses is wrong. He did not say that her sins are forgiven. She does not have to be stoned to death. He did not deny the law. But he knew the intention of the heart and he's going after something. He's going after their heart. He's going after, he's trying to call them to him. He's trying to expose the hypocrisy. He's calling them. He's speaking. He's going, the direction he's taking is to, uh, he's to not deny the law, not to deny that she's a sinner, not to deny, not in a denial mode, but neither is he allowing them to take the upper hand over him and this woman. And he says, he who is there without a stone, without sin, let him be first to cast a stone. And then one by one, they begin to leave. You see, the law of Moses does not say only those who are without sin have the right to cast a stone. But because their intention was to trap Jesus using her as a pawn, as to what he would say, their intention was to see somehow uh, where he would be put in a spot where he is God of love, he is God of forgiveness. And if they quote the law, if he would say, no, don't, don't sto- throw the stone at her, he would be going against the law. And they would have a reason to catch him. Actually, they were actually trying to stone him to death. Because they want to find a way to uh, see if he can be caught in a sin of blasphemy by which he can be put to death. And, and so Jesus is not actually uh, responding to that, but he goes ahead and he says, he who is without sin, let him be first to cast a stone. And so questioning their right in the way they are actually challenging her and they are not just challenging her, they are challenging him and who he is and who he claims to be. And so Jesus is amazing unprecedented the way he responds each time is so unprecedented he always counter questions or answers a question with a counter question and he would and the counter question would lead to an answer would lead to a conviction a realization and so here is a very uh, unique way god jesus handles this situation and he says he's without who without sin let him be the first to cast a stone and then one by one begin to leave and then he looks up to the woman and he says Neither do I condemn you. If at all there is anyone who has the right to cast the stone, it is Jesus himself who is the one who is left behind. That shows that he is the one who is without sin. But the one who is without sin did not come to condemn. The law points to the sin and law shows the consequence of sin. But Jesus comes to redeem mankind from sin. An unprecedented act which the men... The Pharisees, the, the teachers of the law, the one who, could, who were enforcing the law, who were in, entrusted with the law, did not have the uh, moral right to do it because they did not have a standing with God. Right standing with God. And so Jesus, who has the right to actually cast the stone and actually kill her, says, I love you. Go and sin no more. Your sins are forgiven. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And so you find grace And there is truth revealed in this story. And John uses this story to actually help us to understand that Jesus came full of grace and truth. That's how he introduces Jesus right at the beginning in John chapter 1 and verse 14. He says he came full of grace and truth. And here he brings these stories of how Jesus is exhibiting, is being revealed as a Messiah, as a Savior. And he comes full of grace and truth through this story. Learn to identify what these stories mean, what these prophetic acts mean, what God is doing in your life, what God is, you know, what, how God is working in your life, in what way is God drawing your attention to himself, what is going on in your life. Learn to identify such symbolic prophetic acts and the three ways you can identify them is when you see unprecedented acts of God, unexplainable paradoxes 
and unqualified, the unqualified accepted. You see these things happening. There is a symbolic prophetic act and there is something that God is speaking to you and I through his powerful acts. However unexplainable, incomprehensible they may be to our minds. God is speaking and God is calling them back to him and to his blessings through such symbolic prophetic act. Secondly, through there is a spiritual seduction that you see that the people of Israel have given into. And God is also seducing them. There is a seduction that you see here through which God is speaking and drawing them back. The spirit's seduction. There's a spiritual seduction. Realize the spiritual seduction that is, that is around you. And the spirit's seduction also. Oh, this is very, uh, it, it's amazing. It's, the way God is working is so amazing. When you read through and you see the heart and the mind of God, when you see and when you come into communion with God and you meet the God of the world through his word, it's amazing. There's one book where you can meet the author through his word because his word is living and he is alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hosea chapter 2 verses 14 to 20. But before we read that, we read verse 12 first. Hosea chapter 4, Hosea chapter 4 and verse number 12. My people consult a wooden idol and a diviner's rod speaks to them. A spirit of prostitution leads them astray. They are unfaithful to their God. The people of Israel not only have gone into literal prostitution, they had the temple uh, shrines where they had the temple prostitutes and the people were engaged in such uh, promiscuous sinful behavior. But the spiritual promiscuity or the spiritual sinfulness that God is speaking about, the spiritual adultery which God is speaking about is consulting a wooden idol. A diviner's rod speaks to them. A sorcerer, someone who is giving uh, insight into the future about uh, from, through the power of evil spirits. A sorcerer. And so here is a spiritual seduction. Through these things, when they have problems, when they have needs, they are consulting with these idols. They are consulting with sorcerers, witch doctors. And they are hearing their voices and they are being led by them. A spirit of prostitution leads them astray. And through that they are going astray and they are unfaithful to their God. So here God wants us to realize the spiritual seduction that we could be in and he's calling us out of it. Spiritual seduction. We could be seduced spiritually. You see, it is one thing to go fall into a presumptuous sin of adultery, literal adultery. It's one thing to go and fall into a literal sin of drunkenness and, and uh, you know, such kind of uh, uh, murder and uh, uh, stealing and those kind of things, robbery and those kind of things. It's one thing to do presumptuous acts of sins. But sometimes spiritual people fall into spiritual sins. Religious people fall into spiritual sins. And this is a spiritual seduction that they have been uh, trapped into. You see, maybe initially it was in a very naive way that they began to mix with the culture around and with the, uh, and when they were desperate for their problems and their needs, maybe they began to consult with many other things. Remember when uh, Moses was taking a long time in coming down from the Mount of Sinai, Aaron uh, said, uh, you know, Moses is uh, taking a long time. We don't know whether he's going to come back or what's happening with him. We have no idea. Uh, Come on, let's, uh, you know, do something to lead us. We need some other substitute because we are not getting an answer from Moses. We are not, it's taking a too long a time for things to happen. And so let's find an alternative way to fix this. And so he actually collects the gold from the people and makes it into a calf and he sets it up and they begin to dance and they begin to uh, engage in revelry and worship and offer sacrifices to this golden calf and they he says this is the God who actually brought you out of the people of uh, out of uh, Egypt you know as the brother of Moses and Moses was now taking a long time and coming down from the Mount of Sinai and Moses himself did not know that it's going to take 40 days and 40 nights that he would have to be in the Mount of Sinai to experience the glory of God and receive the law of God. 
Sometimes when we get frustrated, when we are getting depressed, when we are, when time is running out, when things are not happening in the pace uh, which, with which we want to see them happen and we become desperate and we are in trouble, we can lose our relationship with God and actually find alternatives to spiritually fill us. We can lose the divine order and the way God wants us to, wants to do things and the way God is doing and acting. We can lose the sight of God. We can lose uh, the relationship with God and we can end up with a spiritual, in a spiritual seduction. My people consult a wooden idol and a diviner's rod speaks to him. Speaks to them. A spirit of prostitution leads them astray. They are unfaithful to their God. They still know God. They are still offering sacrifices to God. They still worship him. They still call upon his name. But they are also calling upon something else. To find an answer. To consult. To receive answer. To, for some supernatural encounter. For something to speak to them. And to teach them what they have to do. And so the question I want to ask us is. Whom do you consult for your needs? Whom do you consult when you have trouble? When you are faced with complex decisions of life, who are you consulting? Who speaks into your life? You see, a divinous rod was speaking to them. They were consulting something else. People want answers. People want their problems to be solved. People want solutions. People want quick fixes. People want things to happen quickly. People are unhappy with the pace at which things happen in their life. And so... They want to consult something, consult somebody. They want to find an answer. They want to hear something. They want some direction in life. They want to know what decision they have to take. They want to know if their decision they're taking is right or wrong. And so the question I want to ask us is, whom do you consult? Who is speaking into your life? Who, where are you led to? You see, they were led to, in verse number, chapter 4 and verse 12, they were led astray and the spirit of prostitution led them astray sometimes people have also abused God's prophets and men and women of God as well and a spirit of seduction a spiritual seduction a spiritual uh, a promiscuity has taken over their life where instead of hearing God and instead of waiting in the presence of God and instead of changing their life and instead of aligning their life and to the teachings of God's word and instead of identify the, identifying the prophetic, symbolic, prophetic acts through which God is leading them and speaking to them. Sometimes they are looking for a substitute. They go to a prophet. They go to an evangelist. They go to somebody to quick fix their problems. To quickly handle their situations and to change and turn things around. And they want somebody to prophesy something that they want to hear. And if somebody is teaching them and correcting them and bringing them to edification, they would hate that. But rather they choose to go after somebody who would tell them what will happen next, where their, you know, things will turn out and how things will happen to them. And sometimes those things, those prophets and those uh, things that they are looking for and seeking after, the quick fixes and they want to give a big offering to some ministry or they want to uh, call up some man of God and they want to speak to somebody of this, have, have somebody place their hands on them and give a prophecy about what will happen because they are so desperate. Sometimes what happens is instead of going into maturity and learning the heart of God and waiting for him and his time and his leading and his ways which are far different from our ways and far different from our thoughts and his times are, are very different from our timings. And so because we have not aligned ourselves to the teaching and to the plans and purposes of God and because we are rushing and we are uh, our hearts are racing and we are competing with others and we want to hear quickly and we want to consult with somebody we want to know what to do and if we are doing what we are doing is right or wrong and so what is happening is sometimes we are led astray led astray spiritual seduction I don't know how many of you understand what I am talking about but I pray that the spirit of God will open your eyes to understand what God is speaking to us through his word. Who are you consulting? What speaks, who speaks into your life? And where are you led to through what you are hearing and, what, and by what you want to hear and what you hear? Where are you led to? What is the outcome of all of that? 
Is it drawing you closer to God? Is it transforming your life? Is it aligning you more to the ways of God? Is this, bring, is this bringing you back to God? Back into intimacy with God? Is it bringing you back to the blessings of God? Or are you losing your blessing while you are consulting? While you are speaking? While somebody else is speaking into your life? And you are led to, not to the blessing, but rather to something else. It could be a spiritual seduction. To identify Realize the spiritual seduction that you could be caught in. And if you are caught in, I pray this morning that God will deliver you from a spiritual seduction. A spiritual seduction. But instead of being seduced by the spiritual seductions, God is on the other hand. You know what God is doing? This is beautiful. What, what a loving God we have. What an amazing God we have. While the people have gone like this and turned their ears and hearts away from him and his prophets and those who are calling him back to him. While they are turning a deaf ear to all of this. While they hate these prophets who are speaking to them. They hate the message that these prophets are speaking. And sometimes you could be hating me for what I speak. You could be so displeased and so uncomfortable with the many things that I say. But sometimes... What the word of God says makes us uncomfortable when we are not in the right path. And so God is helping us to realize that we are spiritually seduced and we are led astray by things that we are consulting and things that we are hearing. And so God is alluring them back to himself. You see, this is amazing. Come down with me to Hosea chapter 5 verses 4 to 7. Hosea chapter 5 verses 4 to 7. Oh, even uh, before that, before that, let's go down to chapter 2, chapter 2, sorry. Uh, Hosea chapter 2 verses 14 to 20. This is the alluring voice of the, of the Lord. God is also seducing them. The, the, the spirit seduction, that's something that you and I need to understand and realize. While the other spirits are coming to seduce us, the spirit of God is seducing us. Hosea chapter 2 verses 14 to 20. Read with me. Therefore, I am going to allure her. In other words, I'm going to seduce her. I'm going to attract her. I'm going to draw her to me. Draw Israel. I am going to allure her. I will lead her into the wilderness. And speak tenderly to her. Hallelujah. Brother, sister, the spirit of the Lord is wanting to allure you, draw you and lead you away alone to a lonely place. Whenever God wanted to speak to his people, he took them alone. Hallelujah. Jesus was led away into the wilderness. And there he spent 40 days and 40 nights. Moses was led away to Mount Sinai. Whenever God wants to speak, he will put you into a path of loneliness, into the wilderness, away from the clutter, away from the noises of the city and the town, away from the voices that speak into your life, away from the seducing spirits. God wants to lead you alone to another place. Into a wilderness where he will speak tenderly to you. He's not coming to you with a whip. He's not coming to you with a, you know, with a stone to stone you down. He's coming to speak to you tenderly to you. Hallelujah. And there I will give her back her vineyards. When you go alone with God, your blessings will come back to you. The blessings will come back to you. When you go alone and when you listen to the voice of God. Hallelujah. There he will bring her back to her. He will give her back her vineyards. And I will make the valley of Achor. Achor means trouble. A door of hope. The door of trouble. The place of trouble will become a door of hope. There she will respond as in the days of her youth. As you used to respond to God, you will begin to respond again as she came up out of Egypt. In that day declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. Hallelujah. We will only look to him and say, Lord, you are my bridegroom and we are the bride, the church. You will no longer call me my master. It does not mean that you will reject God as our master. The word master there, the Hebrew word used there is also represents Baal. They were, when they call Baal, Baal means master. And so that's why he says, you will not call me master anymore. You will not call me my master. You will not call me as Baal. Somewhere these people got confused between Baal and God. Hear me well. 
that's why i call it spiritual seduction they somehow for them in their minds they could not discern between they could not realize the voice of god from the voice of the spirits and so they were confusing between god and baal and they call god as baal are you with me this morning sometimes these spirits can be so deceptive that you could get confused if you're not align in alignment to god's word and his and in a relationship with him that's why you need teaching like this brother sister sound teaching that will help you to understand and realize and be careful in your life i pray that you will not wander here and there and call up this prophet and that prophetess and this person and that person and do this and that and wait for some magical thing to happen and wait for something that you would want to hear and call who would tell you what you would like to hear sometimes what we would like to hear may not be the very good thing that we need to hear maybe we need to hear something that we may not like to hear which could turn out to be a good thing for us and this morning i want you to understand that you have to realize the spiritual seductions that could be seducing you alluring you and there's a spirit of god who is also alluring you and would you turn to him reject consulting things that are not good for you hearing who's who are you consulting who is speaking into your life and what is what is what are those things leading you to what are those voices and what are those utterances leading you to words are powerful decisions of life could be based on people's words what others say and when they come in the name of god when they come in the name of prophecy when they come in the name of some kind of a religious clothing don't be deceived don't be deceived god is saying god is also alluring you god is calling you god is seducing god is saying i will lead her i am going to allure her i will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her there i will give her back her blessings the blessings that you are seeking for the needs that you want to be met the trouble that you want to be freed from there is a door of hope for you brother sister if you will just allow the spirit of god to take control of your to of your life and listen to him and he says i will you will no longer call me my uh, you will call me my husband and not my master not as baal you that spiritual confusion in your life that you are confused with will leave in jesus name i pray in the name of jesus that this spirit of confusion that has come into people's life that that they do not know to discern the spirit of god from the evil spirits of god that have come to conduce seduce them and they have confused them and we pray that there will be a deliverance from the spirit of seduction in Jesus name a spirit of prostitution that has come and taken control of people's lives we pray for deliverance in Jesus name i pray that everyone will understand and know what they are consulting and what they are hearing and what is what they are leading what is leading them to what is leading lord where they are led to help them to understand and realize whom they are consulting what they are hearing who is speaking into their lives and what they are led to help them to realize i pray for a spirit of realization i pray that the spirit of god will bring a realization and they we will only listen to the voice of the spirit only through the voice of the spirit that we will not get confused our eyes sight will not get blurred that we will have a clarity of thought and understanding oh god this is the understanding this is the wisdom they lacked and so god is saying these people lack knowledge and they lack wisdom and because of that it's going to affect their children it's going to affect their children brother sister your spiritual stability is very important your spiritual understanding is very important and so god is saying you will call me my husband you will no longer call me my master you will no longer call me as baal that spiritual confusion will leave in jesus name i thank jesus for that amen i will remove the names of the baals from my from her lips no longer will their names be invoked in that day i will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field the birds in the sky and the creatures that move along the ground bow and sword and battle i will abolish from the land so that all may lie down in safety i will betroth you to me forever i will betroth you in righteousness and justice in love and compassion god is calling you to be betrothed with him i will betroth you in faithfulness you will acknowledge the lord hallelujah 
God wants you to flourish with these new blessings. God wants you to be free from trouble and turn into a door of hope. God wants you to be safe. This is the blessings. Turn back to God. Turn back to his blessings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To turn back to God and to turn back to his blessings, you need to identify the symbolic prophetic acts that God does, which comes through unprecedented acts of God, unexplainable paradoxes. And when the unqualified are accepted, you identify the symbolic prophetic acts of God in your life. And secondly, to turn back to God and to his blessings, God wants you to realize the spiritual seduction that you could be caught in. Whom do you consult? Who's speaking into your life? And where? Is all of that leading you to identify that? By that you will be able to understand if you are spiritually seduced in, with another spirit where you are, you are confused with the balls and with God, with other spirits that are operating and with the spirit of God. But God wants you to understand and he wants to allure you to himself. He's passionate about you. He's, he's desperately in love with you that he does not want to let you go to another spirit that will come and entice you and seduce you and lure you away from him. But he wants you, let not the needs of your life and the desperation that comes because of the needs of your life, the, the desperation that comes because of the problems of your life, the desperation that comes because of the crisis in your life, the desperation that comes because of the waiting in your life, let that not take you away from the right spirit of God. The spirit of God is seducing you to come back to him, come back to his people. Come back to his word. He says, I will take you alone. I will speak to you. I will speak to you tenderly. And he promises to bless us. He promises that he will bless us abundantly. That he will give you, he will make you to flourish. I will give her back the vineyards. He will give you back the vineyards. Blessings will come back. The, for instead of the valley of Echor, you will see a door of hope. Instead of trouble, there was a door of hope, hope that is opening up for you. Hallelujah. The days of trouble are going to end for you, brother, sister. The days of crisis will end for you. The days of weeping and wailing is going to you know, end for you. The days of being in the valley is going to be ending for you. And there is a door of hope that is opening up in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you want to be safe and do you want to pass through that door? The Spirit of God is calling you to come alone and to spend time with Him, to be with Him and to hear His voice. He will speak tenderly to you and He will give you back many blessings. You're designed to be betrothed to Him. You're designed to walk with Him. You're designed to live with Him. You're designed to be faithful to Him. You're designed for that. Would you take a solemn oath, thirdly, to come back to Him? You, this is an action you need to take. Take a solemn oath this morning. Chapter 6 verses 1 to 3. A solemn oath to come back to him to his blessings. Chapter 6 and 1 to 3. This is a call to action this morning. Chapter 6 verse 1 to 3. Come let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces. This is your prayer. This is my prayer. This is our prayer. Let this be our prayer. Would you read with me? vocally, loudly, as you see the verse on the screen right now. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us, that we may live in his presence. Hallelujah. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, God will appear, hallelujah. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. God will come to us and he will send down his blessings. With him come his blessings. When the rains come, when the rains come, hallelujah, it waters the earth and it makes it to bud and blossom and it gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater and hallelujah, so is my word that goes forth out of my mouth it will not return to me void the bible says in isaiah 55 11 hallelujah as the sun rises he will appear he will come to us like the winter rain 
rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. Hallelujah. There out of that will come forth fruitfulness. Hallelujah. As the rains come, come forth fruitfulness. Isaiah, Hosea 14 and verse 8 in conclusion. Ephraim, what more have I to do with idols? I will answer him and care for him. I'm like, I'm like a flourishing juniper. Your fruitfulness comes from me. Take a solemn oath this morning to make a promise to the Lord that you're not going to be you know, being tossed here and there. That you're going to stick to God. You're going to stick to the fellowship of God's people. You're going to stick to the word of God. And take a solemn oath this morning and the blessings are on your way and the fruitfulness comes from God. God will make you very, very fruitful. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm excited for what God is going to do in your life. Brother, sister, I want you to go back and listen to this message once again. It's going to help you read through the prophecy of Hosea fully and come back and listen to the message once again and see how God will begin to speak to you in clearer ways and you will understand the voice of God. God and listen to him. Would you continue to pay attention to what he wants to speak to you and what he's saying to you. Hallelujah. As you go on in your life, when tomorrow morning comes, don't stop reading the word of God. Don't stop praying. Don't stop listening to this word of God once again. Keep going back to it again and again through this next whole week and see what happens in your life. God will give you a breakthrough. He will bring you back to him. You will enjoy your new fellowship with him and the blessings of God will come in abundance. Hallelujah. The valley of Achor will cease to exist in your life and you will go and walk through the door of hope and you will begin to see fruitfulness in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Abundance of blessings are going to come. Oh, hallelujah. As the rain comes down, God comes down. Hallelujah. And makes us to flourish and blossom. Hallelujah. Your life is not going to be a dry tree anymore. Your life is not going to be empty anymore. You're not going to live in loneliness and suffering anymore. It's all because of the many things that have come all through these years. But if you clear the clutter out of your life, things will begin to clear up and things will begin to straighten up and things will begin to change and your life will never be the same again. I want to pray a prayer of breakthrough upon your life. If you're watching me right now, would you stretch forth your hand as a family if you're watching. Oh, stretch forth all of your hands. Stretch forth your hand towards me. Oh, and let's pray in agreement as a sign of agreement. We come to you, Lord, in Jesus name. Oh, connecting with everyone in the spirit of God this morning. I pray that as you, Lord, brought the people of Israel back to yourself and to your blessings, I pray that your people will come back to you this morning. I pray that we take a solemn oath, Lord, to acknowledge you and to come back to you and to be delivered. Lord, firstly, to see the, Lord, the prophetic symbolic acts of yours that, Lord, you do in our life, O Master. Open our spiritual eyes, O God. Help us to identify them and by them realize that you're calling us back to yourself. Help us to also realize that, Lord, there is a spiritual seduction that we could be trapped in and help us to, Lord, listen to the alluring voice of the Spirit of God who calls us to come alone to spend time with you. And through that, O oh Father, oh, you will speak to us tenderly and bring back those blessings and deliver us from the valley of Achor and take us through the door of hope and bring blessings upon our lives, O oh Father. Make us to flourish and blossom. To this end, we take a solemn oath this morning. We promise, O God, that we will acknowledge you in all our ways and you will direct our paths. And Father, we pray your blessing upon every family, O Father. We pray for a breakthrough, Lord. We pray for a spiritual protection, Lord. We pray that no other spirit will enter their home, their life, their hearts, their years, O God. We pray, Lord, that you will seal them by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of God and by the Lord's seal of the Holy Spirit, Lord. Protect them, keep them safe, O Father. Lead them into safety safety and keep them in a safe place. Uh, keep us away from everything that Lord comes to destroy our lives. Uh, cover us under your precious blood. Let your name be glorified. Let your name alone be lifted up Lord. We love you. We worship you. Let your name be glorified. We give you all the glory, honor and praise. Bless your people. Bless your people. Bless your people. Draw us back to you and to your blessings. In Jesus mighty name we pray. Amen.